0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we've been waiting for you. And tonight, we're going to pick up where we left off last night. We're talking about all the weapons that God has given to us. It is such an amazing teaching, and I want you to have the download. It's free. Just go to Renner.org right now. And you'll see a place on the homepage where you can download the free PDF, the whole study guide. It's 10 parts, and it is massive, and it is loaded with information. Please do this. You say, Rick, why do you always tell us to do this? Because I really work hard to prepare these for you. I work on it. My editorial team works on it. Our designers work on it. We really want to make this information enjoyable for you and something that you can devour, and it's free. So please go to our website and get it right now, renner.org. And while you're there, you should order the whole series that goes with it. It is the first time, guys, that I have ever taught this whole series, which is based on the book Dressed to Kill. called Dress to Kill. And if you don't have Dress to Kill, you ought to get this book too. Many people call it a Christian classic. And you know, it's amazing. It is all over the planet. And you know, when I think about Dress to Kill, which is about spiritual warfare, I wrote this book right as we were getting ready to move to the Soviet Union. I didn't realize we were headed into a period of spiritual conflict. This book prepared us. And this book will be a blessing to you. So go online. You can order yours right now, Dress to Kill. You can get the whole series. You can get the free study guide. And when you contact us, let us know how to pray for you. Send us your prayer request by email or give us a call. And the moment we hear from you, Our team is going to begin to pray for you. Just this morning, I spent concentrated time praying for people who watch our home group, our program, our partners. And by the way, if you're not a partner, pray about joining us as a partner. If you already are, thank you so much. You're making a difference in other people's lives. But let us know how to pray for you. And tonight... I'm here with Sister Denise, Brother Paul, and Brother Maxime. Welcome to Home Group, guys. Hey, Denise.
1: Hi, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. It's really our privilege to be able to be with you today. And uh, I just want you to be blessed by what you're going to learn today because this is going to help equip us for the things that all of us are facing in these times and we need to be equipped, and God loves us so much that he's given us these weapons, and he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, who's with us, who's on us for power. He's given us his help for us to use these weapons. So I'm just excited about it, but I want to tell you, we're glad you're here.
2: Amen, Paul. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're glad that we can be together. And if you think you've heard this message before, you may have. But there's nothing wrong with repetition. In fact, it's probably going to be very, very good for you. And as we talk about it in a home group setting, things open up a little bit different. Oh, Always. It's always interesting. There's, there's always something new that happens when we talk about it in a home group setting. Maxime, welcome. I'm happy to be here on Pastor Rick. The subject of spiritual warfare and the subject of spiritual armor, this is your specialty. And I love hearing when you teach on this subjects. And I know we're going to learn something good today.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you something that I don't think I've ever told you. When Denise and I first started our traveling ministry, oh, so many, 40 years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, every time you go into a new church, teach on the subject of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. In the early, early years, this is all we taught on, in my book, was birthed out of that. Of course, today we teach on a lot of things, but this really has been a very fundamental part of our ministry. And I pray that it's a blessing to you. But tonight we're going to pick up where we left off. And I want to review very quickly in verse 14 and 15. Denise, would you read verse 14?
1: Of course. Stand there for having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay,
0: Denise is reading from the New King James Version. I'm accustomed to the King James Version, but that's okay, they're all good. But let's review very quickly. First of all, it says, having on the loin belt of truth. So here we have a replica of a Roman loin belt. We've already covered this several nights ago. And we've seen that the loin belt is essential to hold all the pieces of weaponry together. It held the breastplate together. It had a latch on which you hung your shield, on which you hung your, your, your sword, your pouch on the backside for your arrows and your lances. The loin belt was really essential to keep everything all tied together. And notice the front of it covered the loins. That's because Roman soldiers did not have children until after they left the army. Was that interesting to you the other night? Yes. In fact, they were not even allowed to get married until after they left the military. And this was a way of encouraging people to really fight because if they died in battle, it meant their family would end. But if they survived the battle, then they would be able to prolong their family line. Well, if you were in the army and you got really kicked in your loins, it might mean you would never have children. So your loins had to be protected. But this is also very important because the Word of God gives us our reproductive ability. And as long as you're in the Bible, you're going to have the ability to produce. As long as you have the loin belt of truth, the Bible in your life, you're going to have a sword, you're going to have a shield. It's going to hold everything together. But when you get out of the Bible, things begin to fall apart. Even though technically everything belongs to you, it's the Bible that kind of holds it all together for you. But hey, then it describes the breastplate of righteousness. And we've seen that the breastplate was made of two pieces, one that went down the front one that went down the back. It was held together in the middle by the loin belt. This protected the vital organs of a, of a soldier. Now, as I told you, I believe it was last night, This is not what a Roman soldier looked like. Now, Paul, put that on the front of you. Okay. Now, when you put that on you, you can't see what's underneath. All you see are these abs, all these muscles. It looks pretty impressive. Well, in the same way, we may be very aware of all of our defects, our personal struggles, but God has clothed us in righteousness, and the enemy does not see our defects. The enemy sees what we look like spiritually. And God has clothed us in a breastplate of righteousness. The book of Isaiah calls it a robe of righteousness. And when the enemy sees us, he does not see our defects. He sees the blood of Jesus. He says that Christ imparted righteousness. So throw your shoulders back, hold your head high, and shine. And by the way, shine is very important because this was also an offensive weapon. When the afternoon sunshine hit it, it would begin to glisten. And it would make it harder for the enemy to see you to fight. Likewise, when you really walk in your righteousness, you shine. The glory of God shines upon you. But then we saw the shoes of peace. So we're going to review. Here is the Roman shoe. And the Bible says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, shod, the Greek word hupo deo. It means to really tie it on your feet, which means you need to really make sure that you're secure in peace. And when the peace of God is really affixed in your life, it gives you the ability to move. You're not worried that you're going to lose your peace because it's very tightly wrapped in your life. And the bottom of the shoes were covered with hobnails, which were designed to hold your feet in place. The enemy would try to push you out of the way, but because he had hobnails, which really rooted him in the ground, A soldier was very hard to move. And likewise, when the peace of God is operative in your life, the peace of God will hold you in place. And my friend, the enemy will try to move you. He'll try to budge you. He'll try to shove you. He'll try to force you to give up your territory. But the peace of God will hold you in place. But there was another part of the Roman shoe, which went from the knee to the ankle, and tonight I brought it. It's called a greave. Now, this is a reproduction, but this is exactly what it looked like. And this covered the shins of a Roman soldier because Roman uh, soldiers had to walk through rocky places and thorny places. And if their shins were not protected, it would cut their legs, it would bruise their legs. But because their legs were covered with metal, they could walk through rocky places. They could walk through thorny places without getting cut or ever being bruised. And the enemy often would kick you in your shins. Because if he could break your legs, then he could get you down and he could kill you. But because their legs were protected, even if they were kicked, it had no effect. Likewise, when the peace of God is operative in your life, it is amazing because it enables you to live like in a divine bubble. You can walk through the roughest time and you don't even know you're walking through a rough time. You can walk through thorny situations and you're never scratched, you're never harmed because you're so insulated by the peace of God. Actually, in the Bible, there's two kinds of peace. There's the peace with God and there's the peace of God. Every Christian has peace with God. That's when all the hostility between us and God is removed and we're saved. But the peace of God, it belongs to us. But this is the keeping peace that I'm describing. The peace of God is a peace that passes understanding. It holds you in place even when the enemy is trying to push you. It's a peace that insulates you. So even when you're going through a rough time, you don't even realize how rough it is. Other people can see it, maybe you can't because you're so insulated by peace. Peace is a powerful, powerful weapon. Isn't that amazing? And then we come to verse 16. Denise, what does verse 16 say in the New King James Version?
1: It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one.
0: All right, it says above all. Now, some people think that means that it is the most important piece of weaponry, but that is not right because we've already seen that the loin belt is the most important piece of weaponry. In fact, if you didn't have a loin belt, you couldn't have a shield because the shield hung on a clip on the side of the loin belt. But the word shield here is a translation of the Greek word thurion. The word thurion is exactly the same Greek word for a door like the door to your house. The word door and the word shield is the same word, and this is important because it tells us right up front that when faith is activated, it's a door opener. Faith will take you places that otherwise you cannot go. It is amazing. But I brought a replica of a Roman shield to show you. Now, look at this, it's very large, it's wide, it's tall. It covered you from the top to the bottom and it covered you from side to side. You know, sometimes people say, well, I just don't have as much faith as somebody else. Well, quit saying that. Because Romans 12, 3 says, God's given to every man the measure of faith, which means when you got saved, God gave you the measure that you need and it's enough to make sure you're covered from the top to the bottom and from side to side. God has got you fully covered with faith. But the Roman shield was made of seven pieces of leather. The seven pieces of leather were affixed to a bed of wood. But the top of this leather was very important. I'm gonna tell you why in just a moment. And on the exterior, it was held together by a rim of steel or metal, just like we see here. Now, the leather made it very pliable and likewise, faith is very pliable. But if you didn't take care of your shield, It would become brittle. Just like a leather that you don't take care of, it becomes hard. It becomes inflexible. The leather can begin to crack. It can begin to break. Well, every Roman soldier wanted his shield to remain pliable, flexible, in good shape. So guess what every Roman soldier did every morning when they woke up every morning? They took a vial of oil and they took a sponge or they took a rag and they begin to anoint their shield. They took time to press the oil into the leather of their shield. And here, of course, we have a picture of the Holy Spirit. Our faith needs a regular anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Many people make a mistake of running on an old faith. They never have a fresh anointing. They never work on their faith. And over time, their faith gets cracked. It gets dry. It gets brittle. It begins to fall apart. If you want your faith to remain subtle... Uh, supple and something that's really good to use. It has to have a regular application of the Spirit upon it. This is why I believe it is so important for us to spend time in prayer and reading our Bibles every morning. It's not just reading. We're pressing the oil into our faith. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. But there's something else. Before a soldier would go into battle he would take his big shield which is already heavy and he would dip it in water and would leave it there. And because it was made of leather, it would saturate all that water. Well, it was already heavy, but can you imagine after seven layers of leather have saturated water, how much heavier it is? It becomes really heavy. Why would he saturate his shield in water? Because the enemy shot flaming arrows. And when his shield was saturated in water, when those flaming arrows would hit his shield, it would extinguish those arrows. Likewise, we are called to put our faith in the water of the Word. We're to saturate our faith in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're to get as much of the Word as we can. We need to make sure that we're pressing the oil of the Spirit into our faith. We need to make sure that we're dousing our faith in the Word of God, soaking up all the Word that we can. And then when the enemy shoots his arrows toward us, our faith that is anointed And word saturated will extinguish those arrows. But let's talk about those arrows. Mm -hmm. Well, the word arrows really in Greek describes an arrow that carries fire. It is the very word that was used by Thucydides to describe the equivalent of a first century missile. There were regular arrows and then there were this second category. And the second category that Paul describes is a long slender arrow. This looks like an arrow, but it's hollow and the interior of it is filled with combustible fluids. Well, to the natural eye, it just looks like an arrow. You don't find out it is a combustible arrow until it attacks. And likewise, just to your natural eye, you don't always realize what kind of attack is coming your way. You might say, oh, it's just a little arrow. But when it hits, that's when you find out. But if your faith is anointed, and if your faith is word-saturated, this verse promises your faith will extinguish any arrow that ever comes your way, which means faith is not an option. And the Bible says above all, the words above all in Greek describes the position of faith. It really means out front covering all faith is not something to be behind you or to your side. Faith is something to be out front. And likewise, your faith needs to be out front. And again, The word shield, the Greek word thurion, is also the word for a door. If your faith is out front, it will take you places. It's a door opener. You can go places when you have faith.
2: Isn't that powerful? It's wonderful. And I like it so much when you talk about the position of faith, how faith is not something that you hide inside. Faith is something that's supposed to be in front of you. And when you think of the size of these shields, it would actually even hinder your visibility a shield this size would actually hinder your visibility but you put your faith out in front of you and i like where where it's supposed to be you're supposed to show it it's supposed you put it out there in front
0: and paul the word faith in greek is the word pistos. Mm-hmm. and the way that is usually used it's in the dative it, it describes something that's been something that's projecting forward i say it's like a bullet that's been shot out of the gun mm-hmm. you know when you shoot a bullet you can't say whoops i want to take it back it's too late you've already let it go and likewise when your faith is activated. It shoots. It takes you somewhere. It pulls you with it. But let's go on to the next piece of weaponry. And I want to read in Ephesians 6, verse 17, where Paul continues to say, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, next we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. The word helmet, the Greek word perikephale, describes a piece of armor that is tightly wrapped around the head. It's called the helmet of salvation. The word salvation, the Greek word soterios, which describes something that is saved, something that is delivered, something that is protected from harm, something that is preserved. It's called the helmet of salvation. And notice the Bible says take. You have to take it. The word take is the word dekomai, which means to receive in a welcoming way, to receive what is offered, it is a willing attitude to accept, which means salvation and all that salvation is, you have to receive it, you have to accept it, you have to take it. Many people know that they're going to heaven, but they don't know what else salvation gives them. Salvation gives them healing. Salvation gives them deliverance. Salvation gives them safety from harm. There's so much in the package called salvation. Now, here is a Roman helmet, a replica. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's beautiful. Now, if you walked up to a man that had this on the top of his head, would you notice him? Yes. Why would you notice him? It's
2: quite obvious that he would be wearing something that colorful. Colorful, and it's pretty
0: elaborate, isn't it? Yes. In the same way, salvation Is probably the most noticeable thing that God has done in your life. Often when Denise and I are traveling, we'll be sitting in the foyer in the lobby of the airport, and we can look across the room and we can almost tell who's saved. You can tell it is noticeable when a person is saved. Or if we're in a restaurant and the waiter, waitress comes to the table, we always know if they're saved. We don't even have to ask them. We can see it. Salvation is noticeable. But there's something else. Why does Paul call it the helmet? Of salvation. Because the enemy carried a battle axe and the battle axe was designed to remove your head. That's why on the back of the helmet there was a piece that went all the way down the back of the neck. It was to protect you from losing your head from the backside. Likewise, the enemy is after your mind. He wants to cut away healing. He wants to cut away deliverance, cut away prosperity. He wants to cut everything out of your head and leave you with nothing but heaven. He doesn't care if you have heaven. He knows you're going to get that anyway. He wants to whack away your salvation in terms of healing, deliverance, all the current benefits. And therefore, Paul says, take, you've got to take this willingly. You've got to receive what's being offered to you. Wrap it around your head like you or just committed to know what your salvation entails, what belongs to you, here we find the mental decision to totally wrap your mind in the truth of what the Bible says about your salvation and everything that you've been given in your salvation because the enemy is going to come after it. And if you are not totally convinced, if you don't have on the helmet of salvation, somebody will theologically try to talk you out of your healing. Somebody will tell you that God's will is not prosperity for everybody. The devil will come after you with his axe and try to whack all of that out one piece at a time. And that's why you have to take the helmet of salvation. Denise?
1: Well, the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if we believe these lies, that's what we're going to portray out of our lives. That's how we're going to act. And it's so important that we we think the thoughts of God. You know, I was speaking to somebody who was, oh, they're having such great, great difficulties in their body and have gone, been going on and on, and it starts wearing on them and wearing on them. And I said, Well, what's the truth? I said, What she means, what what is the truth? I said, You're saved. Jesus is Lord. You've given your life to him. Just started saying the truth. It's the helmet of salvation mm-hmm. that was holding her in place, even in the most difficult time.
2: Amen. We've got to wrap it around our brains, Paul. It's so true. And when we remind ourselves of these simple things, sometimes it may seem redundant to remind yourselves of the simple things, but it's we, we make mistakes in the most simple things. It's, we do. it's when we lose hold of the most simple things that we get lost and we begin to make mistakes. So it's so important to remind ourselves that we have this salvation that protects us and guides us and gives us so much more. Amen. Maxime. Uh, well, I, I want to go back to, your, to what you said about the shield. I like the fact, I really like the fact when you say that whenever somebody got enrol- enrolled, into the Roman army to become a soldier in the Roman army they would take, take measurements I love it your faith is made just for you the right size I can see God's care in this thank, thank you for this teaching well we're not done yet there's more weapons
0: for example in Ephesians 6 17 it says and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and there's got to be one more weapon here there's got to be a lance, because there were seven pieces of weaponry but when we come back tomorrow night we're going to be looking at the sword of the Spirit and what I call the spear of influence. The spear of influence, the lands of prayer and intercession. But we're out of time. But remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. So just send us your email, prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. And please go to the home page of our website so you can download for free the study guide that goes with this series. Sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.